Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 337. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 217, Salmon Burger. And you know what we were saying before we started recording that we took like way too many notes. Mm-hmm. I just, I felt like there were so many just like little clever bits all over the place. Yeah. And it was just kind of, and the story just kept on going. You really didn't have much of a pause for breath. No. Well, we start out by finding out Cecil has not got his notes. He had a whole bunch of notes he was going to tell us about, like a flesh-eating virus, a sinkhole, an escape lion, something. I'm sure it's not important. But instead, he's got a pile of notes because the offices are going to be renovated. And everything has to be cleaned out. And everybody's going to be moving down to the basement. And station management keeps dropping piles of memos about all this. And one of them is about this seance that the sales team accidentally left open. And one of the things they're going to have to fix is uh, some kind of malevolent spirit wandering around. I'm sure it's fine. Did I ever tell you about that, about um, working one time when we were on a conference call with a client and they thought we had hung up and they started talking about how they were going to convince somebody to change their story? What? Yeah. Are you serious? This oh, was years no. ago. This was like two industries ago, I think. That I, and we couldn't wow. we couldn't do anything because instead of piping up, we were all just sitting there kind of stunned. And it was probably, you know, not really great that we were listening in on them. And I think afterwards, somebody had to talk with them and like hinted a little bit at maybe we might have heard something and they were like oh no you must have misunderstood and then they went and did what we had asked them to do the first time so mm-hmm. yeah weird situation but I imagine keeping a seance open is probably something similar I mean maybe the malevolent entities didn't really appreciate people bringing them into their world close your seances people seriously that's how you have a nice productive office space close your seances but Cecil in the meantime he's been doing a lot of cleaning and working around and he hasn't had any time for lunch but he has a salmon burger waiting for him but he's determined to not eat it until it's like the end of his shift but he describes it at one point he describes like it has like camembert cheese on it and fried onions and I'm like oh Oh my God, now I don't even like salmon that much, but I'm getting hungry. Yeah, salmon cooked in the stove with like a maple glaze on top of it. That's some good eating. Mm, oh, now I'm even more hungry. <laughs> so we have an update on former intern Kareem. Um, he doesn't know Cecil at all the last time Cecil talked to him. Um He's looking for his doppelganger, and Cecil's like, are you trying to kill him? I've heard you're supposed to kill your double. And Kareem was like, no, I hadn't thought about it. But Cecil's like, he's clearly thinking about it. Yeah, Kareem wants to find his double. He also wants to find his parents, because you remember the other Kareem brought our Kareem, our present Earth's Kareem's parents with him to Nightvale, which is why this Kareem is now chasing that one. And he's shown up at the station. But all of a sudden, there's this like sound behind him. And it's this like, you know, Kareem is looking up and he can see what's behind Cecil. And there's this terrifying voice that Cecil describes. It says, no guests. And it's station management who have a policy against having guests in the studio. So Cecil's like, uh, run. And Kareem's not moving. Run. So he finally <laughs> books it out of there. So yeah, you got to be careful about that. Yeah. Yep. And Cecil is describing this whole situation. Then he's like, oh, man, talking about doppelgangers really makes me me hungry. I really want to eat that sandwich. It looks so good. And I don't, this is going to sound weird. It doesn't have a face, but I'd swear it's staring at me. And then he goes on and talks about something else. Yeah, the next thing is that there's more memos. 
And mm. uh, it's a lot of stuff that he's not really paying attention to. My favorite one, of course, was please remember to use only reply all when you're really angry about something. Oh, I'm like, my goodness. Well, that certainly makes it interesting for the rest of us because I love a good reply all apocalypse if I'm not the person that was actually at fault for it. No, no, seriously. I would freak out if it was me. But man, we almost had one in the office the other day. I mean, there was like at least 75 people on this one email and somebody replied all and I was texting Jada. I'm like, oh, do you think, do you think she's like, oh, maybe? No, nothing. So I was like, darn it. Yeah, we got one a little while ago that got started, but I think there was only like three responses before some big higher up sent out a big notice. Please do not hit reply all in your comments. And they must have had said the magic word or something because they stopped it right there. So I'm like, yeah, you know, the IT people probably appreciate that, but no. I know, I know, such a shame. So in the memos, it says something about, you know, in all the other information they're delivering, that Cecil is going to be in charge of cleaning the basement. And Cecil's like, why me? We have a maintenance man. And this hand drops a memo right in front of him. So the maintenance man that Cecil was talking about was Clarence Murphy. And the memo reads, it was 40 years ago today when the maintenance man Clarence Murphy was never seen again. Some say, and they go all these different theories, but in truth, Clarence Murphy never existed. We are all Clarence Murphy. He is a figment of our collective imagination. So pretty please, with sugar on it, would you clean the stupid basement. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to get a memo like that. I would too. (laughs) Oh man, that was great. And Cecil, of course, is very, very tired and thinking, maybe I'll just take a bite of my sandwich. Where is my sandwich? Ah, oh my goodness, there's a strange man standing in front of me. Oh, hey, it's uh, it's my friend. It's Joseph Fink. And it is Joseph Fink. It's the actual writer yeah. Joseph Fink doing the voice work on this one today. And Joseph is talking about the fact that he's still trying to get home. And it's like, he wants to see his wife and his child who he's never met, who's about a year old. Like, oh, Joseph, stop doing this to us. This is painful. <laughs> he also talks about how, you know, Nightville is actually like kind of nice. If it wasn't for the fact that he is desperate to get home to his family, Nightville's kind of nice. He's met a lot of interesting people. He's talked to Dana and he says it's so weird because Dana sounds exactly like his friend Jessica, but looks nothing like his friend Jessica. He says that's really weird. Yeah. And he says, Cecil, I mean, his voice is absolutely perfect, but he looks nothing like how he pictured Cecil. And Cecil's like, really? Why do I look like to you? And Joseph said, that's a good idea. Let me describe exactly what you look like. And then there's this terrifying sound. (laughs) And then you hear Joseph go, what was that? Yeah, that was station management, apparently. And uh, (laughs) which, because of course, there's always been all the speculation about what exactly Cecil actually looks like in Nightmare. Like all of the stuff with the third eye and the tattoos, that's all fan-invented stuff. Yep, everything that you think you might know about what Cecil looks like, that was never anything that Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner came up with. Just the fan artist, the hive mind of the fan artist just landed on this particular look that I love. But um, Cecil sort of uh, has got to get Joseph out of there because, you know, he's a guest. And he says, uh, uh, Joseph, go clean the basement. He's like, why? He said, you're an intern now. And Joseph says, no, absolutely not. <laughs> but then there's more sounds from station management. And Cecil has to chase him out of the room to go do cleaning because if he's not an intern, he's going to die. Yeah, yeah. And I love all the things that Cecil says. I mean, it's just such a weird 
I don't I wasn't sure that I was going to like having Joseph Fink exist in this world. I thought it felt a little bit like Stephen King putting himself into the Gunslinger series, which I'm like, ugh, jump the shark. But it's been really, really fun because Cecil's completely clueless, but everything that he's talking about, Joseph knows about because he wrote it. So Cecil even <laughs> slightly recommends that he be an intern. He's like, oh, no, absolutely not. I don't think so. But So he gets to Joseph to go clean the basement. And he's like, um, listeners, my salmon burger is climbing the walls and eating one of my clocks. Uh, let's hear from one of our sponsors as read by Deb the Sentient Patch of Hayes. Yeah, and she's got an ad for Pabst Blue Ribbon, but she's talking about how it's made of all natural materials. And she really doesn't know when any of those are. She's just totally guessing. But in the end, she says, and it's made from love. Every kind of love. And Cecil, every kind? Every kind. I've never heard that be more threatening than that. No, no. That was extremely <laughs> creepy. But in the middle of that, all of a sudden we hear Joseph's voice. And he's like, Meg? Meg? Is that you? Oh. And Joseph is just, he's gutted. Because, of course... Deb, the sentient patch of Hayes, is voiced by his wife, Meg. And he's like, oh, my God, you just you sound exactly like her, your voice. And he's describing how much he loves her voice. And he's like, you just sound exactly like my wife. I just I your voice makes me happy. I just wow. He just included a love letter to his wife in the episode of Mm -hmm. Welcome to Night Vale. That's adorable. But unfortunately, what he's done is he's interrupted a live commercial episode from one of these sponsors. Station management is past. And they are, I mean, we've got so much chaos going on because um, Cecil's salmon burger is now 18 inches across and is eating the ceiling tiles and station management is coming in and chasing Deb and Joseph Fink out of the room. So Cecil decides to go to the weather. And we go to the weather. And man, the weather was... That was a different one. At first, I thought it was going to be an instrumental, uh, and it wasn't. But it, it starts out with like this classical guitar, and then it goes full on metal really fast, like, like thrash metal. Like like the main uh, voice, the main vocals are done by somebody who sounds a little bit like um, a Perfect Circle. I think is what the uh, that um, band that Hannah used to listen to a lot. Uh, um, um. Shit, it's a perfect circle was like the spinoff. Hannah's going to be shouting at us about this one. It's not, it's not corn, it's... Tool? Tool, there we go. Thank you. Oh, God, that was going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it definitely sounded, the main vocal sounded a little bit like that. But then they bring in the full thrash metal with that, you know, deep guttural voice chanting at the... Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, it was, it was a little weird. I, and that, you know what? It sounded like a really well-made example of that type of music. Okay. I just don't like that type of music. <laughs> well, what was anyway. the um, the name of the song and the singer? It was Find Out by Agbat. There was actually the term fuck around and find out did come into the lyrics several times. So always something new and different. Yes, indeed. Okay, so we get back. And Cecil is telling us that the offices are all cleared out and he's now in the basement. That's the good news. But then there's bad news. The bad news is to the friends and family of intern Joseph Fink, he will be missed. And we're like, whoa. Yeah. He got fired. And I didn't even know <laughs> that interns could get fired at the Welcome to Night Vale radio station. But apparently, Joseph was. And they said that he had interrupted a live sponsor broadcast. And so he did the unforgivable. So station management did the unthinkable and gave him a pink slip. So yep. there you go. 
They gave one to Deb as well, but apparently station management fires her a lot and she just comes in the next day like nothing happens and nobody says anything. And I'm like, yeah, sounds about right. And as for the salmon burger, I think it like dropped down on top of Deb and Joseph and station management was there. They weren't there to save them. They were just pissed off about something else, but they had the salmon burger attack in hand with a lot of hands, like spraying pesticide and smacking it down while still continuing to write notes about the renovation. So yeah, station management got a lot of hands. Yeah, they do. And as it turns out, what happens, in case you're wondering, what the hell is going on with the salmon burger? The salmon burger was possessed by the poltergeist that was a result of the sales team leaving the seance open. So there are consequences to your actions, sales team. But it's fine, because um, Cecil's friend, um, Earl, was it? Yes, Earl Harlan. Earl Harlan uh, sent him another sandwich because he felt so bad that Cecil wasn't able to eat his sandwich. So all's right with the world for now. That's right. Yeah, exactly. We're all good. And that's the end of the episode. There was so much going on. It really was. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It was really fun. I like that. Now, we have not listened to the new podcast that they have released. It's 12 episodes. It's called Unlicensed, I believe. It is the first fiction podcast from both Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner. All these other podcasts that you know of were really created by one or the other, and in some cases, neither of them. It's just part of the Night Vale brand of podcasts. This one apparently is created by both of them, so I don't know. may have to check it out. It's on Audible, so you have to sign up for their 30-day free program, so I don't know. Maybe? Yeah, and they have a trailer for the um, new podcast. And I think they've also posted the first episode on YouTube. Oh, nice. Unlicensed episode one, The Detective of Citrus Avenue, because it is an L.A. noir podcast. So it might be be worth checking it out since we've liked their other podcast for 10 years now. I know. And that's that's the thing, because any of their other other podcasts that weren't created by the two of them haven't had a really good track record with us probably just doesn't reach us i mean um between the wires um what is it the orbiting human circus of the air i mean we did like um oh my god it's been so long alice isn't dead thank you god it's been a while it has yeah (laughs) yeah we like that one and that you know so uh, yeah we should give it a shot so that's it for Night Vale. What I wanted to mention is I happened to find the Facebook page of CJ Cherry, who wrote the Foreigner series mm-hmm. that is into its like, I don't know, eighth or ninth trilogy. And it's really started to get kind of bogged down by its own weight. But I did have a real soft spot for that series. And so when I found her Facebook page, I was looking through it and she highly recommended on Netflix, The School for Good and Evil. And so I thought, oh, I'll give it a She said it was just beautiful and it was fun and it was eye candy and a good plot and everything. And so I watched it. Can't quite recommend it, unfortunately. Aww. I know, I know. It came out very recently and it is extremely pretty. Lots of great CGI effects, lots of great costumes, you know. Um, I think it's actually intended maybe for an audience that is younger and slightly less cynical than me, perhaps? Well, I have finally watched another episode of The Sandman. I watched episode Ah. seven, uh, The Doll's House, or A Doll's House, I can't remember which. 
Is she making noises? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sitting there biting me out. <laughs> so, yes, I really like how they've started out with this new storyline. I'm intrigued by the casting of Rose. Uh, she introduced her friend Lyta Hall. And my first thought was, Lyta Hall, where is your child? I mean, that pretty much kick-started the ending of the entire series was her storyline. But no, she's yeah. just like, she's a newly made widow. I think her husband, Hector, was killed in an accident. So there's no discussion about the two of them having been in the dreaming, but maybe that's to come. I don't know. Yeah, so it's it's really nice not knowing where that particular storyline is going. But yeah, I liked, I liked all the changes that they've made. Like, um... Uh, Rose's brother, Jeb, he was actually being, he'd been kidnapped by two escapees from the Dreaming. But here it's just one. So, and I kind of like that. But we are still also dealing with the fact that the Corinthian is running around causing havoc. Fiddler's Green! We saw Fiddler's Green and it's Stephen Fry and it's a perfect casting! (laughs) (laughs) It is an absolute, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, you know, I don't know who I wanted to play Fiddler's Green, but I saw him and I went, yes, that's exactly who you'd want to play Fiddler's Green. Yeah, and the the imagery that they're doing in the Dreaming, of course, is always perfect. I love the um, the, um, stained glass of exposition that they had going on. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, boy, they have really gone to town on all the effects in the dreaming mm-hmm. it's my favorite i also like the idea when unity was talking to rose and that she had fallen asleep when she was 12 and only woke up like a couple of months ago but she said in her dreams she lived a wonderful life and i thought oh well that's good yeah but at least she had that yeah because i don't think that was the case in the graphic novel i'm not of. sure that they really mentioned much except for the fact that at the end of the first storyline when all the dreamers were waking up you saw her as she's sitting out like in a wheelchair and she opens her eyes and she said baby i dreamed i had a baby and she's crying and like so yeah yeah, she did have some sense of what was going on but they never really i don't think portrayed it as an adventure for her i don't think yeah 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 this i I do like all the changes they've made it does make it kind of unpredictable now i have finished watching all the way to the end of the uh-huh. season. So. So, I was, <laughs> yes, so. I, I'm still working on it. Yeah, I have some information that you'll like once you get it. So there you go. Good. I'm, I'm not going to tell you anything. Oh, okay. All right. But the only other thing was I was bored today. So I found a copy of The Prophecy with Christopher Walken to watch today. Oh. It is so interesting. That movie gets worse every time I watch it. And yet, Christopher Walken scenes remain fantastic. They are, he yes. is the best thing about that whole movie he steals every damn scene so yeah I, I recommend if you can find a copy of it just fast forward through everything that doesn't have Christopher Walken maybe sure maybe stay with that um whole bit with the main character and the um uh what do you call it in the morgue the uh oh the the coroner yeah the coroner that whole scene is great when they're looking at the first angel that got killed that's always fun yeah everything else nah. yeah i like that coroner when he says something he's like and of course and it's a hermaphrodite oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. it's been years since i've seen that movie and i still remember that bit but you know what I, I do actually like a good coroner scene in a lot of movies because they always get really good actors to play them and they any kind of like weird and creepy to cheerful and creepy, you know, and all the whole gamut. Yeah, I like it. it is. I guess maybe they feel like they have to because otherwise people get 
put off by the fact that you're talking about someone who's dead. So you have to create yeah. some kind of interest and why not have an interesting coroner? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. This weekend, I am heading to DesignerCon. Very, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And LA Comic Con is actually not until the first weekend of December, I believe. So, so, But we do know that Lauren will be going and Natasha will be going. So we'll have pictures from that. Among all the other things. Oh, I know what I wanted to mention. So, of course, this week, Black Panther Wakanda Forever came out. Yep. And Hugh, our movie reviewer, he very specifically said that he thinks it was wonderful and it is probably the best movie that this particular director has ever done. And then your friend David reviewed the movie and said it was a complete waste of your time and way too long. And I'm like, so... The reality is it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, because uh, Q does tend to bump everything up, and David mm. tends to be very realistic about people's expectations. So it is kind yeah, of, it's exactly. going to be somewhere in the middle, I think. Yeah, exactly. I have heard, interesting, one complaint from someone who was actually upset that they didn't recast Black Panther, that they have actually killed off the character of Chala, because... This was an African-American gentleman talking about it. He's like, look at all of the white guys who have played Batman. I mean, friggin' Val Kilmer has played Batman. But a black character dies. The actor dies. And you just kill the character off. You won't cast another black man in it. And I was like, that is a point, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that yeah. is actually, although... I mean, if you want to look at it the other side, when they recast Batman, they were rebooting the series too. I mean, it's not like it's not True. like the Marvel thing where you have this continuation of the characters. You know, with the, yeah. with the Batman, if you saw a different actor playing, then you didn't expect to have the same relationship with any of the other characters. I don't think. True. True. Uh, True. And True. also, I think the creators were between a rock and a hard place, really. Because uh, yeah. if you if you kill him off, people are upset. If you recast him, people are upset. I mean, yeah. that it casts such a long shadow. I mean, it'd be it really, really hard does. to fill those shoes. I don't know what they're going to do with the character going no. forward. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be kind of tricky for whoever they choose if they do decide to recast. You know, that that's that's quite a big thing. A lot of pressure on that actor to do a good job with that character after oh everything goodness, that's come yes. before. So. Yeah. And I would have given more weight to this person's argument, except they were saying how they were mad and you didn't, you know, you killed off the character and then you made Shuri be the new Black Panther. I don't know, spoilers, whatever. Um, and you made her act all masculine and everything. And I was like, eh, I'm done. <laughs> masculine, you mean not mincing about and screaming in yeah. terror at the yeah. bad guy? Yeah, probably tough, you know, whatever. So anyway, <sighs> anyway, yeah, um, we'll definitely have to watch that and we'll have more opinions about that one. So all that and more pixelatedgeek.com so next week we'll have Laura Olympus Yay! again as usual maybe we'll yeah. get some more forward motion on the storyline please that'd be great hilariously tomorrow we will have a new episode of Night Vale but we'll recap that one in another couple weeks and if you go to Fan Dragon Adams or Lizbeth, L L Y Z A B E T H on Instagram I'll put links in the descriptions uh, we're both doing the what is it? Dragonfall Drawing Challenge. 30 days of dragons. One dragon every day. We're almost at the halfway point. Why do we do this to ourselves? I don't know. I it's I don't <laughs> do enough drawing for the rest of the year. I decide to torture myself for 30 days in November just so I can get some kind of content out there. Oh, my goodness. And you were saying how 
He said, I don't know. I've just been trying to, you know, keep them simple and everything because everything's just so much crazier and more chaotic lately. And I'm like, it's not crazy and chaotic. We can actually go out and do things this year. I so totally didn't occur to me that we were spending so much of the last two years just staying at home and watching TV. Of course I was able to get drawings done then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we're having a lot of fun with that. And also, if you want to join in, you don't have to do every single day. If you see a prompt that you like, join in. One way or the other, though, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. Would you go? Would you go? Cat? No, you're you're on my thank you. Oh god. <laughs> She's so neat tonight.